Welcome to Super Talk, the podcast that scratches your superhero itch. Just two suburban dads nerding out over superhero stuff on the small screen and the big. Buckle up, people. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to Super Talk, the weekly podcast dedicated to news and reviews of comic book media on the big and small screen. This is episode 129. I'm your host, Brian Professor Pettison. With me is always my illustrious co-host, Titanium Tony Estrella. Sir, how are you, Professor Well, you Pettis? look just so energized I mean, and I'm excited. fired up. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, we just literally walked out of the Marvel's movie. We... We decided we made an executive decision and decided to see it in IMAX, hoping that IMAX will add some level. We wanted to give this movie every, every, chance, opportunity, every opportunity to wow us. We spent the extra money to be in IMAX, um, and all ten people that were in the theater, I guess, did the same thing. So uh, excited! We're going to review the Marvels um, and the professor. You're, you're going to get our like. Just out of the theater, first impressions Absolutely. of just watching this movie. So yeah. it's not like we had time to talk about it. And None. We, we've been formulating our ideas. We're, we're going to give you off-the-cuff yeah. review here. And uh, and then we're going to do uh, Loki's season finale review, uh, the end of Loki. So we're going to go through that, and uh, what we're going to give you... You know each other, our thoughts on that, and uh, bounce some ideas off. I have some questions, um, and I know the professor has the answers. So awesome! Uh, yeah, right. Let's get rolling. All right. Well, uh, let's get started by thanking the listeners to bring the show to you, our patrons. Patreon.com/slash/supertalk. If you want to become a member of the patronship, you really help out the show when you do. So if you'd like to donate a dollar every time we come up with one of these silly episodes, uh, just join the patronship. Patreon.com/slash/supertalk is how you become a member. Really appreciate our patrons out there. All right, let's jump into, uh, I'll say some really good news, um, and this is our review of the finale of Loki Season 2. Um, the finale episode came, was dropped uh, Thursday night at, at 9 o'clock, again, and, and I've talked about this before. I love the fact that they're now dropping them the evening before the actual release date. Yeah. Um, you know, we, I'll say we on the East Coast, the, you know, we're, we're on the East Coast, Used to, there were people that were on the West Coast that would stay up until midnight East Coast time and watch the episode. So they could, you know, they would say, oh, it's it's dropping at midnight East Coast time, so we'll just watch it at 9 o'clock, yeah. you know. And those of us on the East Coast were like, well, I guess we'll watch it tomorrow. But I'm glad they moved, shifted it back into now being uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time, uh, dropping those episodes. And so I actually got to watch it uh, pretty early on. I. You know, my we th both felt last week in, in reviewing episode five that it seemed a little bit like a filler episode, right? Yeah. Really kind of giving us some of the backstory behind the original kind of team of the Where TVA the variants team. were taken from, yeah. Got some uh, history of the variants and, and really... Still really good, but kind of a filler yeah. episode. Right, but I think it was very much more designed to <clears throat> get us to understand how Loki could master his time slipping. And I found it very strange, though, that he stopped time slipping for several episodes. You know, episodes two, three, and four, he didn't time slip anymore. Then all of a sudden, at the end of episode four, he time slipped, you know, to kind of save himself. Um, but that episode was really designed around kind of letting us know, hey, he's finally mastered. He understands what he needs to do to time slip. Right. 
And boy, did they go all in on that concept in this episode. Oh, yeah. It was, I'm going to say, from the minute it started all the way through the end, it held my attention. It was well thought out from a writing perspective, from a pacing perspective, from a just what was in each of the different scenes that we had in the episode. They really put some good thought into how they were going to structure this finale. I'm getting some... Big, big, likable vibes here. Yeah, no, I, I loved it. I, I thought it was, I, you know. Um, so you liked Loki season two. Yeah, Loki season two was really good. I, I mean, I think, um, you know, we we both really loved Loki season one. Yeah. You know, and I think we've previously said that it's the best thing that Disney Plus has ever come out with. Um, and I as think it, I had it at number two, but yes. Yeah, I think you had it right behind WandaVision yes. or whatever. Just because WandaVision was so... It was the first one. There's some nostalgia about that and everything else. But um, I think universally, Loki season one was the most liked show that uh, Disney Plus has ever... Like, highest reviewed show Disney Plus had ever released. Um, I think season two was right on par with it. Um, it. Just so different in so many different ways. But I loved it. I thought it was great. Oh. It's one of my favorite Disney Plus shows. I absolutely loved it. Uh, I thought they knocked it out of the park. Uh, I thought in terms of finales, probably one of the best, if not the best finale of any Disney Plus show. Oh, uh, it, without it, question. Without question. It, uh, I mean, um, even, and I say one of the best because that season, the, the, the finale of WandaVision with her kind of releasing everybody and you kind of see vision how against started. the white vision yeah. and, you know, yeah. her fighting Agatha. That yeah. was pretty good, but I'm telling you right now, I put this up against it. So I, I one of probably the best season finales um, and, and definitely the series it was, itself was banger. It was just done so well. I mean, well, we've said this before, professor, Writing, writing, writing. Yeah. I mean, the writing is everything. Have a have a good sh- showrunner. Have a writer who's a showrunner who knows how to to pace the show and you know make sure that each episode has a self contained story that leads into the next episode. I mean, it was it was just so well done. I mean, this episode, I thought you know we we've I've alluded to this over the past few review episodes we've done and we've been discussing this series that it seemed like to me that they were setting up the fact that we're in this massive time loop within this season. And and we got real good confirmation yeah. of that, that ultimately it was a time loop that Loki was manufacturing to help save the TVA. Yeah. And he actually created his own Groundhog Day scenario. I mean, it was just so well done. We're like, yeah. they, you know, he's like, we got to figure out why we're not, able to to put this device in the loom why is it not working why is he turning to spaghetti every time he goes out there and you know he keeps asking he, obi what did we do wrong how do we do it better what do we how do we do it better next time he goes what do you mean next time and then boom he's they're doing it again yeah. right and it was just so great where like every time he ran into an obstacle he would time slip back into a point where he could fix that obstacle yeah. right it was like we're not doing it early enough. And he would go back earlier and say, we got to rush everybody, get down there, and get down there, and get down the gang, gangplank faster. Yeah. Okay, well, that's not working. And then uh, we'll get go back earlier. We're, okay, we got to hurry. We got to hurry. We got to hurry. And eventually, I just thought this was great. Eventually, 
He's he Victor Tommy does make it down there successfully because they went out early enough and he does launch it and they get it in the loom and they're like oh my god it's working it's working they're you know it's able to it's expanding the loom it's able to yeah and then all of a sudden oh the number of and Victor Tommy actually said this he said the number of uh, branch timelines is uh, acceler it's it's they're duplicating uh, exponentially yeah there's nothing we can do to create something that will handle an exponential, you know, explosion of timelines. Right. And Loki's like, oh, crap. You know? And then he goes back earlier and he says, Obi, we need to come up with a different idea. This one's not working. Uh, Tell me everything you know about quantum physics. How long would that take? Uh, Decades. decades, Centuries. Decades. And then Victor Tommy says, like, a century. He goes, sounds good. Boom. And then it's like, then you, you kind of see the quick, he's, he goes back, spends us. And then you see a tagline in the show a century later, you know, they see him <laughs> doing it again. Um, but eventually they find out that that concept didn't work. And he's like, okay, well maybe the only way this TVA doesn't get destroyed is if he who remains never died. Then. So he, he goes back to the moment where he and Sylvie uh, were fighting to you know, prevent her from killing he who remains. So he's time slipped for a century, and he's time slipped so many times at the moment where he thinks they they made the mistake so that this didn't work. And then once he got it perfect and it worked, they found out that it didn't work. It was never going to work. There has to be another. And so he starts exploring other different avenues by time slipping in different areas yeah. uh, to find out what else he could do to stop this. I thought it was well, absolutely I, I, I think brilliant. the concept of still he, confusing. He who remains not being killed probably would have saved the TVA. However, it would have only it won't. He had only, to kill Sylvie, and, and it would have only secured the sacred time. Sacred time, right? And but, all the branches. But then he also she he you know he who remains like at one point in time. That's what I thought was so brilliant. At some point in time, he who remains, who had been killed several times over, you know, we yeah. watched, he kept trying to fight off Sylvie and she always beat him. And then eventually he, you know, Victor, uh, he who remains stops time and he goes, he says, what, Loki said, what, what took you so long? Why didn't you do that before? He goes, how many times have you been doing this? Yeah. Like he knows what Loki's doing. Right. He knows he's time slipping. He knows how many times have you been at this? Right. He goes, you don't think I could have stopped this? He said, but, you know, and then they have that whole conversation of to the point where he says the loom was only a safety measure to protect the sacred timeline. It was line. a fail safe. Yeah. yeah. It, it was meant to fail once the branches became too many. Once the sacred timeline was not the only timeline anymore, it was meant to basically, it was right. it was only there to protect the sacred timeline. Right. Um, which I thought was brilliant. And he basically said, there's really no way for you to, you either... Get the sacred timeline that I created. Keep me alive, and we'll maintain that. You know, save me eventually, and we'll maintain the sacred timeline. Or um, you're going to have the TVA destroyed. There's no, there's no in between. Right. There's no way to save all these branches. And those branches will flourish uh, along with his variants, which we know, and he said several times, will create a brutal multiverse war that destroys almost everything. I just thought it was so well done. And eventually he comes to the realization and he goes back even further. He goes back into season one of when he was, you know, interviewing Mobius is interviewing him. And he's like, I need your help. Mobius. I got to figure out what I'm doing. What am I doing wrong? Like what, what, what's there? And he keeps going back earlier and earlier to figure out 
can he come up with an idea at some point in time? And, it, and, it, and at some point in time, he does realize, I know what I need to do. I heard that episode five, uh, they had to rewrite episode five because there was a lot of time slipping that he did um, that required uh, he he ju- he time slipped back into other. That's a possibility. Scenes. Yeah, it's a possibility. That, that's, that's a theory. That's, that's a rumor that's, that that they're saying that he did. time slipped back with some bigger yeah. the with bigger actors and and um, which I don't that's think a theory they that Eric Voss had on on the new rock stars today. They basically said that. They know that they had to rewrite episode five. The director came out and said that he had a great episode five and that he had to squash it because the Marvel executives made him redo it. Yeah. And we don't know what it was. There was no information about what it was. He didn't allude to what was in the episode or what happened. And Eric Voss's theory was that maybe he was going back, you know, to the time you know, of Infinity War yeah. or, or even the end game or the original event looking for answers, looking yeah. for answers. And, and, but then you got to pay those actors and yeah. Yeah. maybe, or maybe it was going to potentially undo something that happened in the history of Marvel, which they didn't want to do. And you we'll, we'll kind of figure yeah. that out. But, right. Um, I love the ultimate ending of this is eventually he, he talks about, he's like, you know, he goes back to the point in season one where he says, you know, I, I'm destined to have a throne. I'm, you know, yeah. I, I'm, uh, I'm burdened with glorious purpose. Yeah. And we found out what that meant. Yeah. They paid that off, which I thought was just again. Yeah. Great. This is, these are things that he said in season, in, uh, in the Avengers movie, in season one of Thor. In Thor two, I mean Thor one when, and Thor two. When Odin's holding on to him and he's slipping into the. Uh, the the bif- not the bifrost. Well, he falls off the rainbow bridge. Falls yeah. off the rainbow bridge, and he goes back into time or something. And he goes, he gets teleported somewhere. Later, we know that it was with Thanos that that yeah. kind of found him. But he says that same line. Yeah. Right. He says, "I'm for I'm, you. I'm, I'm burdened for all of us. Yeah, with glorious purpose. You know. So excellent. I just thought this was such a brilliant way to pay that off. Yeah. So what ends up happening? And I know there's people out there who are kind of still confused about what happened. Well, to be honest, it is confusing. I've yeah. said that from the very beginning. When you deal with time travel and the multiverse and timelines and things like that, it's very confusing. I'm a little. I was a little confused throughout this whole series. I really was. I thought they did a great job of at least tempering some of that." Confusion confusion with with the explanation but he, he jumps he jumps out he volunteers to go out onto the bridge that's going out towards the loom and he's not being spaghettified he's actually his clothes are being ripped off of him and he's he's his you can see that his his green you know energy his loki god energy is like exuding off of him and protecting him from this the 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 uh the radiation or temple radiation yeah. and but his clothes get ripped off, and he, he, he his new Loki costume forms all around him with the horns, the classic yep. horns. And he uses his magic and destroys the loom, and then he grabs all all the the branch timelines. All of a sudden, um, go dead. Yeah, and he grabs them all and imbues them with his his you know Loki powers. You know, you yeah. see his green magic energy, 
and he imbues each one of these timelines and he's grabbing him and he's walking through space and grabbing he, he him actually becomes the loom himself he becomes a conduit for these branch timelines and he's keeping them alive them. with yeah. his energy right and we eventually see him open a, a portal in space he goes to the the end of all time where where he who remains lived on that rock finds his old throne and kind of you know Reform, reforms or recasts the throne, sits on it, holding all the timelines in his hands, and then the 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 uh, the screen rotates hundred or ninety degrees, and we see that it's formed that that where he is on the throne has formed the shape of the world tree from which was you know in Asgard originally. If you remember, I think it was Thor two, the Dark World, where we went to Asgard and you saw you know the world tree. Right underneath of Asgard, you know, when it kind of turns upside down, that's where the world tree was. But he basically formed a new world tree that is now holding all of these branch timelines together, and he's keeping them all alive himself. So he got his throne, and he realized his glorious purpose. Right, and it was just really smart. Yeah, great writing. And he went through a very similar—I'll say similar—is kind of. It's it's a strong word, but he went through a, a, a most recently, probably in the last I'll say five six years in the comic books. He and I think the success of Tom Hiddleston as the Loki character um, prompted Marvel Comics to use the character more and in a different way. Yeah, and so he went through a very similar, I'll say, a redemption arc. Not similar. He went through a redemption arc in the comic books where he became instead of the god of mischief. He became the god of stories. And this is kind of that same type of evolution of Loki from the god of mischief, causing all this trouble, invading New York, doing all the things he did, to now being the god of stories, who's now basically at the center of all time, holding all these branches together. I thought it was brilliant. Oh, one of the greatest character arcs in Marvel, for sure. Yeah. I mean, right up there with Tony Stark, Iron Man. I mean, just brilliant. And, and Tom Hiddleston is, I mean, they knew they had a star in their hands when they cast him um, in the original Thor movie. They knew they had the star in their hands when they made him the villain of the original Avengers movie. Um, obviously maintained him all the way through until he got killed in Endgame and then brought him back for his own TV yeah. series. I mean, he has just crushed it, this role. Just crushed it. Yeah. And, and he's a star. I mean, obviously. We, we would be remiss to, to not mention that the, the actor strike is over. Well, we're good. that's in our news. We'll, okay, hang on a second. That I, I, he, no other project out there was pushed on late night talk television, uh, but he was. He he was on uh, one of the late night talk televisions, and he recently, said, yeah, um, to promote Loki, the yeah. finale of Loki, and after he, the strike, ended? after the strike yeah. ended, he was one. Of, he was one of the first actors to get out there in public to promote his show, and he was just. He's such a great actor. Such oh. a I mean, awesome. Just killed it. Yeah. And and I think the other, uh, it we were all wondering, how does this fit into the larger Marvel story? Where does this character go from here? Are we going to see Loki again? Are we going to get a Loki season three? Um, what happens to the TVA? We felt that they have some kind of something to do with Deadpool 3, right? Yeah. Talk, so Let's talk about the thousand pound gorilla in the room. Are they stuck with the current projection of Kang? Are they stuck now with that? Did they dig themselves a hole 
and solidify Kang's future in the MCU? I don't know because you know again they even alluded to on the on the finale the what happened to the one variant in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania and remember they, they were after he has this you know moment where he's now the in, in the center of this world tree um environment the TVA is still operational. They're still functioning. And we see Mobius and, and B-15 and everybody else talking. And, and they and make they, reference to finding his variants. They say, yeah, there was a, they're basically the TVA's job now is to find, I find most of the things that they're going after are the variants of Kang. Yeah. And trying to eliminate them if, if and when possible. And he says, there was an incident, um, but it was handled. It was an incident in a parallel uh, of 616 universe right. Yes. right and he said yeah. but but that was taken care of yeah and so they alluded to what happened in the ant-man and the wasp quantumania but it looks like they're now the tba is going to be now going off and hunting all the variants of kang so that a multiverse world war doesn't start they brought back miss minutes and they said oh can we trust her again or like well we're is not she really gonna sure. kill us all that was yeah. funny yeah uh we know ravona let renslayer was purged and we saw her at the end of the uh of the show um in the void and eliath was kind of bearing down on her but then they kind of cut away we don't really know what happens there so yeah. she that was really gone. the only cliffhanger that they didn't close right. out right but uh yeah and then i think you know sad you know kind of in some level of satisfaction mobius is like hey i'm quitting and he just wanted to go back and watch his original variant or the original per- part of him the scene where loki took him from watch him with his kids and he just, I want to stand here and watch for a while. And it was really cool. I mean, I just thought very different than Gen V, very different pacing, different concept, but it was just so well done. Yeah. It was, it was just a home run. Yeah. Like you said, it was, it was just, it was a home run. Yeah. It was a home run. And I think it, it moves the MCU in the right direction. I mean, it, it definitely sets the tone uh, where they should be. And where they should be getting back. Right. Well, now uh, we know how and why the TVA may be involved in Deadpool 3. We know right. Mobius and is and Miss Minutes are both back. And so, hey, you know, we know that they can be involved in that movie now. And there's a re- they still exist, right? Big questions are what happens to Loki? Are we ever going to see Loki again? Are we going to see him in the Kang di- uh, Dynasty movie? Are we going to see him in Secret Wars? I have a hard time believing they don't bring Tom Hiddleston back in some capacity are we going to get a loki season three big question they they could just not do one and, and this would be a per- perfect ending to the I don't series think they should do one i don't either i think they should wrap it up and leave it the way they did because right. it really ended it, it so, ended so on well. top right? right it ended on top yeah. it was like a seinfeld kind of ending. i agree you know it ended much better than the seinfeld prison scene but Really good. I think they should just leave it at two and and be done with and it. find some way i mean if, if Bring Loki, the character back in other projects. Yeah, but if, if Loki is now responsible for, you know, maintaining all these alternate timelines, you know, does he play a role in Secret Wars? Or, you know, or is he the villain of Secret Wars now? Maybe. Maybe he gets, gets a little... Is he now like the Beyonder, you know, or whatever? I don't know. Who oh. knows? You know? Does he have enough power to fight the Beyonder? Well, yeah, who knows? But right. I, I have a hard time believing we're not going to see Tom Hiddleston as, as that character again. It's just... He just did so well. So. But season three, I would not be mad if they didn't have it. Me either. Yeah, you know? Uh, you know, they just, and again, too many times there's a money grab, and they're like, oh, well, the first two seasons were so successful, we're just going to do a third. And sometimes that's like the biggest mistake. Sometimes Huge. just leave it as it is, you know? And and if they did one, it better be a good story. better be a good plot. better yeah. be, you know, the same writers, you know? So. Right. 
Um, and and again, we know some of these writers are now working on the Blade script, right? Yeah, yeah. So that is um, true. and they're working on Daredevil: Born Again, yeah. right? So <laughs> you know, good. They <laughs> they found out who their you know superstars are. Yeah, exactly. And they're not screwing around with it. They're gonna. <laughs> they found a, a a horse that wins races, and they're not gonna go to the barn and pull out some, you know, yeah. crippled <laughs> glue horse. Well, we can kind of talk a little bit about that later on, too. Um, all right, well, let's jump into our news section. Only a couple of things that we wanted to talk about this week. As Titanium uh, alluded to earlier, the actor strike is now officially over, yeah. and everybody is back to work again. Studios are now back. You know, actors are getting back on set. Um, you know, we're, we're you know, they're back to work. They can promote projects. Yeah, they can go what, on talk shows. They can at, do yeah. everything, right? So yeah. they... They're now free and clear to kind of go back to work. And I know all the television studios and the, uh, the movie houses are now all scrambling to get their properties back online yeah. and, and get them rolling again. A lot of actors hit social media to kind of promote their projects and thank the audiences for watching their projects, uh, which I thought was a class act. Anybody anybody that did that, I thought it was a really good good thing that they acknowledged that, hey, this strike took me uh, out of the public eye, uh, but you guys spent your hard-earned dollar to come see my show, come come watch my movie, and and I thank you for it. I thought that was classic. Yeah, I, a lot I, of actors. And, and Marvel that. actually released a clip uh, the other day. Uh, you know, Brie Larson wasn't able to go out and promote the Marvel's movie. She wasn't able to do any press. wasn't able to, to go on the, the talk shows. She showed up in Times Square on Thursday. Uh, to surprise people who went to see the movie uh, Thursday Thursday evening, she showed yeah. up there and just surprised yeah. everybody. So I mean, you know, they're they know that this actor strike has hurt the industry, has hurt their audience, has hurt you know projects that they had you know now and and in the future. But I think they're going to be working, and hopefully they're motivated to work even harder now. So yeah. all good. But there is a casualty of this. We knew this was coming. Big casualty. Um, and I think. Marvel specifically was waiting for the strike to officially be over because I think they knew this already, but until the strike was over, they didn't know how bad it was going to be, but they did finally change their entire release schedule because of the strike. And again, this is a huge major cash. We knew these projects were going to be delayed. We knew there was going to be some changes. We've heard some rumors and we've covered them here on the show, but here's the the real deal. Now this is just not good news. Um, so Deadpool three is being moved from the May 3rd date. They're not going to be able to uh, do the May 3rd date. Uh, as a matter of fact, I heard uh, yesterday that they're going to be back on set filming just before Thanksgiving, so within the yeah. next week or two. So they're going to be back on set filming again uh, before the holidays. Um, but they are hard, hard at work getting back on, on set to get that movie back on track. So it has been moved from its May 3rd date to the July 26th date next summer uh, that was uh, occupied by Captain America 4 at the time. Uh, Captain America 4 is moved from that July 26th date to February 14th, 2025. So it has been moved out of the entire schedule next year. You know what the rumors are about that. Well, you told me, you told me a rumor. I'd like, Mm. you know, you to tell our audience what what you heard. They did a test screening and it flopped. It, It did not go well. They did a test screening and it did not go well. They scheduled some emergency reshoots starting in January. Uh, January, that, February, March, you said. They're going to be doing re- reshoots all for three, three months. months. They're doing reshoots. 
They're getting the actors back in shape. They're getting the actors back. They're going over uh, some of the footage and they're rewriting some of it because it was it a jumbled did, mess. Did not do well in the test screen. No, and and rightfully so. I I think because um, there was a rumor that this movie would be moved up to take that May slot that Deadpool had to yeah. vacate because it was closer to being finished. Yeah. And so we heard the rumor that they were going to pull this one up into May and move Deadpool into July. But now what we're being told is, well, once that test screening hit and it didn't go well, they're like, okay, yeah, this movie's not going to be ready for May. I, I just think <laughs> at Marvel behind the scenes, there's like, okay, uh, Tina, uh, Sam, uh, Paul, and uh, Amy and Veronica, you guys go into this, watch this movie and, and give us your opinion. And they're like, oh, this movie's awesome. It's so great. And now they're like, uh, you guys are fired. You're, you're, you're no longer test screening any movie. We're going to put new people in there, give fresh eyes to it. And I think Kevin Feige is now taking more of a hands-on role, not this 160-degree kind of, oh, I'm going to be way up here. I'm going to be two miles above the earth looking down on these projects. I think he's down on earth with his hands in the mud and dirt and um, actually Look, making and, some decisions. And, and we're going to talk about a situation from the Marvels um, later on. I just have a hard time believing anybody with a brain is actually screening this mo these movies because we've identified at least a couple of examples in this movie we saw today that if anybody were to see that in advance, they would have said something that like that doesn't work. You can't do that. You got to yeah. fix that. There's yeah. there's something wrong here. Yeah. See, let me let's go through what just happened, and then I'll tell you why this is wrong. And your audience is going to notice it, and they're going to notice that that was a mistake. Yeah. And it's just messy. I just think to your point, Titanium, I just think, you know, maybe I don't know who they're inviting to these test screens. I have no idea whether they're random people or they're trusted people that they know or they're people that are under NDA and they, they've used them before. So they know they're not going to say anything. And they're such fanboys that they're just happy to be invited. They don't want to say anything bad about this right. thing because they'll not get invited back. Correct. I think you're doing the movie a disservice by by doing that. Agreed. Oh, just keep inviting me. I, I thought it was awesome. You guys did such a great job. Yeah. Just keep inviting me back. And, and, and you know, you and I would go in there like, I'm gonna give you my honest opinion. Yeah. You can't do that. And here's why. Here's why it doesn't work. And I'm hopeful that what you just said is true, that Kevin Feige's becoming more involved now and be having, you know, or some of the other executives at Marvel that know better are now basically saying, yeah, we can't we can't keep disappointing our audience. We can't do it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's been moved to February 14th, Valentine's Day of 2025. Uh, the Thunderbolts, which was really on, originally on the schedule for next December 20th of next year, that's been moved to July 25th of 2025. And Blade has been moved from February of 2025 all the way back into November of 2025. So let's break this out for our audience. Next year, 2024, yep. we currently have one movie coming from Marvel Studios next one year. One movie from Marvel, Deadpool yeah. 3 yeah. in July of next year will be the only Marvel Studios movie on the schedule. In some weird, twisted way, I'm okay with that. Yeah. 
I'm not. I'm not disappointed, but of I would rather have one really good movie than four lackluster movies. Than four, yeah, four movies that should never have been made or 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 <laughs> were rushed to the screen or whatever. Yes, right. Yes. Correct. Um. So, I hope by pushing these back, they get more time to get them right. And we've all said that all along. Look, I'm this show will suffer, right? The fact that we only have one movie to, uh, to review next year, you know, we'll, we'll definitely be feeling it from an industry's perspective. Uh, those of us who review this content, but to your point, it may be a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Take your time, do it right. Uh, and hopefully Deadpool is being done right. And it'll, so here, here I wanted to bring this up because here's what we know about 2025. So far, we're going to have Captain America four in February. We've got the Thunderbolts in July of that year, and we've got Blade in October. So that would be three movies currently on the schedule for that year. There's another really important movie that's uh, not even been talked about. Not been talked about um, and is on the schedule for 2025, um, was originally in that February date and was shuffled around and moved. Um and that's the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. So that movie was supposed to be come out um, early in 2024. It's been it had been moved back because of, of the actor strike and a bunch of other things. And Marvel has told us, and I think the director recently, uh, Matt Shackman, came out and said, "Look, the actor strike is hurting us. We can't begin filming. We want to begin filming, but we can't. We want to. We they want to make, nail down the actors. We want. Yet. Well, we want to nail. We want to nail down the actors on their contracts, but we also want to make an announcement. Right. And we can't do that until the strike's over. I have a feeling." An announcement is forthcoming. I think we might get that announcement before the end of the year. I could be wrong, but I'm hopeful that we do yeah. get that announcement because I have a feeling if they want to make a May date in 2025, right around Memorial Day weekend, you know, that's when Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame were released. That's where their big movies that they're expected to make a huge splash at the box office. The beginning of the summer movie season is in May, and that's where they want their big projects to land. If they're going to make a May date, which there's an opening on the schedule for a May project, they have to get that thing started early in 2024 to make a May 2025 date. I I hope I agree with you. I I really do. I, I would love that to happen and come to fruition. But let me talk out of my ass here for a minute. Maybe they should punt one or two of these movies and just have two movies a year instead of three or a very ambitious four. Maybe they punt Thunderbolts. I mean, they haven't really started much on that at all. Uh, They haven't been filming at all. Maybe a little bit of pre-production on that. Um, I, you know, I don't know how good is it? You know, if, if you're looking at Captain America four with these major reshoots and the test screenings that leaked that they were bad. I mean, uh, and Marvel Marvel is in um, in a tough place right now. I, I still think they're not done. I still think we shouldn't write them off. Uh, or they're in the, the garbage. They're, they're a dumpster fire that just needs to be, you know, hosed down. I don't think that, but... I think they're a little um, discombobulated right now. Well, I, I mean, and, and I think start. you know they've they've obviously set an ambitious uh, plan in in <laughs> at least the. Plan. So, do you think they should punt Thunderbolts? Uh, maybe. Um, and here's the reason I say maybe. I, I mean, I think they they could just basically not do the project. 
um, which would definitely be maybe not a bad thing. But I think if that project fit into the grand scheme of things, they should continue to do it. And whether it played a role in Kang Dynasty or or you know helped move the plot along for Secret Wars or whatever it might be, there, there's got to be a reason they're doing that project, right? Um, we, again, have heard the rumors of you were going to get the Red Hulk in Captain America 4, but he's going to be play a huge role in, in Thunderbolts is from what we understand. I, you know, so maybe they need to do that movie from my perspective. If you want to have a Kang dynasty Avengers Kang dynasty in 2026, and if you want to do secret wars in 2027 and 2029 or whatever you're going to do, you know, we've talked about this. There's rumors. They want to bring back the original Avengers. These guys aren't spring chickens. No. And you know, you can't keep punting these projects down the next five, six, seven years. I mean, I mean what Robert Downey Jr.'s, got to be close to 60 now already and so you're not going to film that movie for five more years he's going to be in his mid 60s you know it's like can't keep punting that down the road so would i rather them you know not do one of these projects and or move it to the next year so that they focus on the ones and get them right yeah but at the same time you know i i I want them to continue moving the story forward i mean and and look as bad as Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania did in the in the box office, as bad as it was panned by by all the critics, except for Titanium, who loved it. <laughs> Didn't um, because he loves Paul Rudd. I do but, like Paul Rudd. But as bad as that was, you know, the question is, does Kang make sense? Does he resonate with the audience? Should we continue on with that character? We know what's going on with Jonathan Majors. Big questions going yeah. on. And I can't wait to hear answers. And who knows yeah. when we're going to hear them. Look, we're Comic Con tickets go on sale uh, this weekend coming up the seventeenth, seventeenth Saturday, right? Is that Saturday? Yeah, yeah. I think that's Friday. Is, is it? it Friday? I, I thought I thought it was this Saturday. So maybe it's the maybe it's Saturday. I think it's this Saturday. Okay, I'll be on um, my computer. We'll be on our computers. Remember, we made that mistake last year. That's true. Uh, so if we get tickets, go to Comic Con. I think Comic Con next year is going to be actually really good because yeah. of all these projects that have been pushed, and they're going to want to start promoting them and talking about them. And maybe we get some answers then. I don't know. You had mentioned bringing back some of the uh, original Avengers and Robert Downey Jr., Jr., uh, Scarlett Johansson. Uh, Chris Evans, some some of the OGs of Avengers. Um, do do you think? I don't know. I just think it's a desperate call. I mean, of okay, course it is. What would they be used? Of course in? it is. What would they be used in? Secret Wars. Yeah. Okay. Secret Wars. When is Secret Wars coming out? Twenty eight, twenty seven. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So years from now, and you're start you're talking about them now, putting them in projects now. So that's a great question, Titan. Why would so? Because the fact this rumor comes out. I think it's a t- desperate attempt to keep people interested, to keep people excited. And the way the Marvel's trailer put the OGs in the beginning of that, they inserted them into a trailer that had nothing to do with the movie. It was so it, didn't. it was bizarre. The world needs heroes. It was <laughs> gratuitous. It was so desperate and so cheesy. I just cringed. I was just like, are they in the movie? No. They're not. These are flashbacks. These are scenes from, oh, by the way, the most popular Marvel movies out there. They just happen to use those clips. In, in the tra- trailer to promote a movie that um, doesn't feature them at all. At all. I, I, that just upset me. So, again, in that vein, I think mentioning them coming back in Secret Wars is desperate. Way too early. I mean, they haven't casted Secret Wars, have they? The script's not even written. 
So I think it's just really desperate. You know, and and again, I think uh, we'll we'll as we get into our topic of the week this week, we'll we'll talk about um, the state of things over there. Let's Marvel. jump in. Let's yeah. jump in. Uh, and and the, our topic of the week is our review of the Marvels movie, um, brought to us by our friends at Studio GG Studios. And I have to mention, uh, I just saw a wonderful announcement by Studio G and and. Uh, I, I probably should just read this for our audience because it's it's so compelling. I mean, it was it it was news that I haven't seen. So Studio G uh, tweeted out uh, Studio GG Studios comic book series based on Super Talks real superheroes Professor Pettis and Titanium Tony is out. Using AI, Studio GG Studios has been able to create a comic book environment for all Super Talk viewers and fans. The viewers can feel as though they are inside Super Talk, the Super Talk City of Baduville, <laughs> fighting alongside the Professor Titanium and their sidekick Siren as they watch what happens on the news. Baduville Channel Four. Uh, you got to go check out Studio GG Studios, guys, and we'll put a link to this in the description of the show notes. You got to go check this out. They've created an AI comic book environment based on our podcast, which is. Wow. I mean, I know what I'm doing tomorrow. But uh yeah, so th- thanks really to Studio cool. G. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Uh you know, you guys uh, really help us out and Absolutely. this is Thank the kind of guys. creative stuff that, you know, we 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 don't have brains big enough to think of these things. But, <laughs> but thanks Studio G. That's awesome. Um so let's get into the Marvel's movie. And again, uh we just walked out of the theater. Literally came straight here to the set from the theater. Yep. Um and we saw it in IMAX. We saw it at the Air and Space Museum, um, which is phenomenal, which is a really great, great theater. Venue. Great theater. You know, uh, IMAX, the sound was tremendous. Yeah. I, we wanted to give this movie as much opportunity to wow us as possible. And again, Tony and I have not been shy about our expectations for this movie right. were not very high. Lukewarm. I've been lukewarm from the very beginning. Not very high. No. We were... But we were we were both like, you know what? We're both lukewarm. Let's get excited for this movie. Let's spend the money for IMAX. Let's go do it right. Let's see... We haven't seen a, a movie in a long time in IMAX. Right. Let's go see this in IMAX, and let's, let's bl- hopefully blow us out of the water. And... Um, <laughs> egg. And okay. if you could smell that smell, awful. So what I'm going to say, um, and I, I told you in the ride home I was going to save this for for the podcast, I think this is the mar- one Marvel movie I've enjoyed the least. Mm. Of every Marvel movie wow. I've ever seen, I enjoyed this movie the least. They tried to make it funny, and it wasn't. They tried to make it interesting, and it wasn't. Some good special effects, yes. I thought they did a few things well, but I did not enjoy this movie. As a matter of fact, I think universally, the bottom two or three movies on the Marvel rankings list, and I you know, haven't pulled it up recently, I can't remember, but let's just use these as examples. The Eternals, Thor the Dark World, Thor 2 the Dark World, and... The original Incredible Hulk movie with, um, um, why do I always forget his name? Robert, uh, uh, no, um, Edward Norton. A lot of people have that at the bottom of the list. 
I would watch all three of those movies Ooh. again. And I have watched all three of those movies multiple times. I would watch all of them again before I ever would watch this movie. Wow. Wow. This movie will come out um, on streaming services. It'll come out on Disney+. Plus. I will not watch it again. Yeah. It's that bad. So take it for this, guys. There's so many things about this movie that just bothered me. And we'll give the spoiler warning. If you haven't seen the movie, yeah. you don't want to hear certain things. You don't want to know how it ends. You don't want to hear... Uh, that, that was very nice of you, and it's actually I find that adorable that you're actually giving people a spoiler warning. <laughs> so if they would see the movie, which they're not, my recommendation not, to everybody out there is wait till it's on streaming. Do not spend your money. Yeah. You're not missing anything. Yeah, everything that's important in this movie and everything important that happens in this movie, we're going to tell you tonight yeah. on our podcast. You do not need to go see this movie. Yeah. I'm, I'm just telling. There was nothing that happened in this movie tonight that had I not seen it on the screen, I'd been upset about. Well, let me give a couple of positives about it, okay? Because it's not all negative. Um, it's an hour and a half long. That's a positive. I, 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 it's One of the short. shortest Marvel movies it is. ever. And the sound is great, although we did see it in IMAX. And some of the special effects are amazing. And they did a really good job. Brie Larson is a smoke show. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> She's a smoke show. Um, and um, Ms. Marvel, again, super cute. Uh, a little, uh, uh, like you said, Professor, she's a little more annoying in this. Um, but I don't think Ms. Marvel was the, the lowest streamed show on Disney+. Plus. It has a rabid toxic in my opinion rabid toxic fan base that if you don't agree with them they attack you in a vicious way that is the miss marvel fan base as far as i'm concerned in my experience with that a lot of it came out with you know middle-aged white men don't like this because they don't understand it and they're giving their opinions and blah blah well you, you, first of all i'm hispanic hispanic bendejo Second of all, you know, opinions are like assholes. We all got them. So why not give our opinion? Everybody should have an opinion. We respect people's opinion. But to attack people because of their gender or color or race, I think that's toxic. And you're basically bullying people. I don't agree with that. So here's our opinion of it. I thought she was great. Brie Larson is a smoke show. I thought some of the special effects were okay. But the rest of it was clumsy uh, trash. I, I didn't think the story was fluid at all. There was a weird Bollywood scene in the middle of it. It was too comical and tried to get too serious. I'm like, pick what you want to be. You want to be a comedy or are you going to be this in-depth, serious, you know, kind of uh, bonding, emotional bonding with these three superheroes? Again, these superheroes are basically C, B-level superheroes. I don't think the majority of the fan base asked for an individual movie for from these superheroes. Um, Nick Fury was funny at times. Uh, I didn't like the flirking thing with the cats. I oh thought that was kind of stupid, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I just didn't get that. A lot of it was just dumb. And the professor pointed out some things while we were sitting there. It was like, wait, what just happened? why and i'll let him get into it because it's right it was just messy uh and and i didn't really connect and and i know what you're gonna say well it wasn't made for you you're not i i understand well, that's, that and that's one thing i was gonna say to him i think this movie 
may resonate with female comic book fans. I, I, I think it might. I think it might resonate with younger fans, like, you know, teenagers, ones that like the Ms. Ms. Marvel. Or, or let me add to that list, Professor, shills, Hollywood people that no matter what have to say the right things so that they stay in favor of their sources or they stay, they think they're staying in favor with this little handful fan base that they, that they don't want to offend because they're nasty and they will come after them. So I agree with you, except for the people that are cowards about speaking their mind or what they truly feel because they want to be part of whatever else everybody else is. And I think Hollywood shills, people that have a, a motivation to say good things about a project. I mean, if I were a 10-year-old uh, female fan of Marvel and a female fan of comic books, that would this be creepy, movie... Me sitting with I you. know, it would be, it'd be weird for us to do a podcast <laughs> together, that's for sure. But... Um, this movie might be one that I would enjoy and be excited to go to, but I'm not that person. Yeah. And so my question then becomes, well, who, what audience are they trying to go after here? And we've talked about this, that, that we feel they've gone out of their way to try to appease a segment of their potential audience that's been ignored or not focused on in the past. And you know what? If that's who you're trying to sway to go see this movie, I hope they all go see it. Yeah. Because it's the only way this movie is going to make money. Because those of us who are the hardcore comic book fans that bought comic books for 40 years, you know, just, you know, because we enjoyed them, we don't want to see this stuff. <sighs> we don't want to see this movie. Newsflash, Professor. I checked my phone on the way after the movie on the way here. And it did not do well in the, the in the box office. Brother. So the returns are already in for the weekend. The returns are projected. Did they count returns. our two IMAX tickets? Yes. Okay. See, we did our we did our support, but they're projecting this to be the lowest grossing opening weekend of any Marvel movie. Well, we we predicted that already. We are they we, they predicted it was going to be lower than than Black Adam and the Flash. Now they're saying that it's the lowest of any comic of book any movie, comic book Marvel, and I think not just Marvel, but any comic book any movie, com which is the, one of the lowest was the Incredible Hulk that Edward Norton um, opening weekend opening right. weekend was one of the lowest. Wow, yeah, that, that speaks volume, people. So regardless of what you think about our opinion, look at the box office. Look at what the majority of fans are saying, and and that right there is a call out to hey. We're not going to go and spend our money on this trash. So I, I think um, what I saw was uh, domestically, it was somewhere around 42, wow. 50 million. So yeah, we, we spoke about this when we talked about the trouble that Marble was in a few weeks ago. And I, I'll pull up my statistics here. I think globally, I thought I saw a number of maybe 130, 125. So the lowest opening box office weekend was The Incredible Hulk with Edward yep. Norton. Yep. $55.4 million. 55, which means if this comes in. And the second lowest was the original Ant-Man at $57.2 million. Everything else is over 60s. There's a couple 60 in the mid-60s, but that the Thor, original Captain America in the mid-60s. 
So if this does worse than $55.4 million in an opening weekend. It will hold the lowest. The lowest in Marvel's history. They're going to say that it's people like you and me that bash it. Go ahead. They're going to say that the writer's strike really affected this. Um, and maybe it did. I'll give them that. Maybe it really. Well, did the have actors something. couldn't promote it. That's you true. know, it, they couldn't okay. go out and promote the movie. I'm gonna. Say, I've never been excited for a movie or swayed to see a movie because an actor showed up on Jimmy Kimball and said, "This is great. It's really fun," and showed a special clip. So let me. Never. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you how how bad this really is. People remember that Black Widow, Oof. right? Not yeah. a good movie, but no. Black Widow was released during a pandemic. Yeah. A pandemic. And we were trying to convince people to go back to movie theaters because they were they felt unsafe going out in public and had to wear masks everywhere and yeah. everything else. And wasn't it released mo- simultaneously? It was released simultaneously on streaming at home and in the movie theaters. Right. It made $80 million its opening weekend. <laughs> During a pandemic. When you couldn't, when they were selling less tickets because you couldn't sit next to people. Right. You had to spread out. Right. They had X's over seats. Remember that? Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So uh, let's talk about some of the problems. You know, here, I'll talk about a couple of, before we get into that. I'll talk about a couple of things I did like about the movie. There you go. Um, I thought the character that of Captain Rambo, um, Tiona Paris played, I thought the character was done well. I thought her powers were very cool. I enjoyed what they did with that character and how that character figured out how to fly and how she figured out she could absorb energy and reproject it back at people. I thought that was really well done, and I liked the character so much so that I would be happy to see that character again. I enjoyed Not that character. Not as a lead character, though. No, I would like to see that character again oh. in some project, but I liked what they did with that character. Okay. Um, but let's talk about the bad thing. That was like one good thing I liked about the Nothing movie. else? No, no, that was Well, you said the special effects were pretty good. Yeah, some of the, the sound in the special effects. They did they did a really good job with um what they did with the uh the portals and the, and showing the cracks in yeah. the sky. Like you remember when they did that at the end of the Morbius movie when they showed the crack in the sky that was supposed to be from Doc- Doctor Strange yeah. and the multi- or no, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home and they did the crack and there was like you could obviously see somebody like Used a paintbrush to like paint it on the screen after the fact. <laughs> it was, it was so bad. Yeah. No, but the way that they did the cracks in space that when they were using those portals to the time to jumps, s- siphon, yeah. well, when they were using the portals to siphon uh, resources from different planets, I thought that was really well done. Special effects I thought were really good. Um, here's the things about the movie that just were so bad. Look, okay. I think Iman Vellani, like you said, cute. She's very, um, I think, at times likable, and I think there were parts of her performance that were good. But Do somebody, you think she's the future of Marvel. That's what we hear. But somebody at some point in time said, you know, when you scream and whine when you're scared, it's really funny. And somebody told her that, and so they said, keep doing that. And I'm going to say, whoever told her that, and whoever told her to keep doing that should be shot because it is the most annoying thing I've ever heard in my life. And like, you don't come across funny. You don't come across likable. You come across as annoying. So stop doing it. I would rather you never do that. Honestly, you know, laugh, be funny that way, you know, or make a joke, be funny that way. Don't 
whine and scream at the same time. Some of the jokes were funny. I I kind of giggled at two things, but oh it was, my god, there the 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 one laugh that I got the entire movie. Um, oh okay, and the fact that you have to take you know Ms. Marvel's entire um, family is now stars of the movie, and they play you know portions of in different events of the movie. And the one funny part of the movie at the end of the movie, uh, uh, her mom is talking to her brother and saying, you know, this would be a great house to raise a family in. And, and he picks up the remote control and he goes, starts pointing at her and starts trying to hit the mute button. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. That was a good joke. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah. I, I actually got a chuckle out of that one. Um, but so- when, 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 uh, Miss Marvel is sitting in the spaceship and she's looking out, looking at Captain Marvel being a fangirl. And she goes, Captain, my captain. I was like, oh, oh, Captain, my captain. What a ridiculous joke. I mean, it was some of the jokes were so bad and corny. Some of them were cute and timely, but there were way too many of them. Way too many. Oh, of and them. she was way too fangirly, uh, too much. I mean, I mean, it, it's almost too much. And then yeah. uh, uh, some of the inconsistencies we talked about. So there's... Yeah, um, get into those. You've seen in the trailers um, that they f- their powers are entangled because of these rips in space. Um, uh, both Brie Larson and Tiona Paris's character, uh, Captain Marvel and Captain Rainbow, had touched one of these um, these portals like at the same time. And it made their powers, since they're all based on electromagnetic energy they got entangled. So anytime that any of them used their powers at the same time, they would basically swap, like right. they teleport. And we've seen this in a lot of the trailers, that they use their powers and they teleport into, to where the other person was. But it was. seemed like it wasn't very consistent. Is that because they had to use them at the same time Same time. Had to be at the same time. So if I so just that's use why, mine... That's why Captain Marvel said, don't use your powers, because she was using hers. And okay. if they tried to use them at the same time, that's when they would forcibly swap. And they yeah. figured that out later in the movie, that they could actually use it to their advantage. If they tried to do something at the same time, they would actually purposely swap. Sweet. So that was kind of fun. They kind of figured that out. But if out. only one of them was using it, it was okay. It was fine. I got it. Just not at the same time. Because yeah. the two that were using at the same time would that swap. wasn't explained very well. That was very like that was irritating for me because I was like, it's inconsistent. What's going on here? But that's why. So they right. They maybe didn't do a very good job of explaining that. I kind of picked up on that, but that maybe it wasn't clear enough to everybody. Um, the there was a, but in that portion of the movie, in the beginning of the movie, the three of them are being teleported to where each of the others are, and Captain Marvel's on a Kree spaceship. And Monica, uh, Captain Rambo is on a uh, the planet that Captain Marvel was on because she had been teleported there. And Ms. Marvel's in her house. And the three of them are now all being swapped back and forth. And eventually, at one point in time, uh, both Captain Marvel and Captain Rambo and Nick Fury are at Ms. Marvel's house. And Ms. Marvel had been teleported to where Captain Marvel was. And Captain Marvel was back there and runs into Marie Rambo, which is kind of awkward they had this awkward moment trying to oh i haven't seen you lieutenant trouble she's like i'm captain rambo it's like oh, so bad but at one point in time <laughs> she flies off she flies off to go find her and the minute ms marvel uses her powers they swap again so now ms marvel is falling in the sky where right. captain rambo was flying right or not uh, where where monica or uh, captain marvel was f- flying and she's screaming the annoying scream in in the air up there and she's in plain clothes. The entire time leading up to that, she's in her Ms. Marvel costume. And then all of a sudden, they swap again, and she's now in a T-shirt 
and a, a, a pullover. A flannel. A flannel. Flannel and a t-shirt. She's falling through the sky. It's like, wait a what minute. happened yeah, to her we, uniform? We both looked at each other at that point and was like, wait a minute. How She's, did she get the street clothes? She was in her she uniform in her the uniform. entire movie until that last swap, and now she's in plain clothes. And where did they come from? It was weird. And and again, I figured out why they did that because eventually uh, Captain Rainbow and Ms. Marvel teleport to where Brie Larson is, and she's on the Cree ship, and they're now being taken prisoners by the Cree, and they didn't want. Dar Ben to see that Ms. Marvel had a bangle on because she was looking for right. the other bangle. So she could pull her sleeve The fact they call it a bangle is like also one of the most annoying things in the world. Yeah. Um, the bangle's the name of a band. It's not the name of a, a, a space device, people. Come on. <laughs> um, so they didn't want her to see that. So she had to have a flannel to be able to pull up over her, her over the bangle so that Dar Ben wouldn't see it. So I know why they did it. Stop calling her Dar Ben. It's Dar Boring. Yeah. Dar boring. Well, uh, we'll get to that in oh. a second. But so that inconsistency, inconsistency was was bad. The fact that she's in plain clothes all of a sudden when she had been in her uniform the entire time, and I was like, "You can't do that." Yeah. Like I said, if you had screened the movie, if you had seen the movie in advance, you would have said to somebody, "Unless you're some shill, you would have said to somebody, you can't do that." It it it's a plot hole. Yeah, it, you, people you, are going to notice. People that. People are going to see that, and it's going to look bad. It's and it look, look bad. guess what, people? It looked bad. Yeah. Okay. And then the other t- uh, inconsistency is at they eventually get both bangles. Uh, Darben Darboren gets both bangles, and you know she siphons too much power and basically blows herself up. And the bangles now come back, and Ms. Marvel's able to put them both on. Oh, that doesn't hurt her. Right. Darben, you know, explodes, but Ms. Marvel put them both on. But then eventually she has both of them, <laughs> and she uses them. And the next time we see her, she only has one of them on. And right. then at the end of the movie, she only has one of them on. Where'd the other one go? Right. What happened to it? Why isn't she wearing it anymore? Right. What are they going to do with the other bang? And I thought in the uh, mid credit scene, I thought that um, Monica Rambo had one on, but I, I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't sure. think so. But she there was have. no there was no point in time that she got it. She no. She obtained it. She couldn't it. have had it on. I didn't she think went, she did. But yeah, she, she, she went could. through the thing. She closed it and she was trapped there. How would she? But well, what the happened bangle? to the other bangle? I, Where is it? And why is you know she was wearing both of them and now she's only wearing one of them again? Well, what happened to him? Ah, yeah. Just those things. And okay, you talk. Let's talk about Darben. Darboring, the worst Marvel villain in any movie ever. Yeah, without question. No question. People thought Kang was terrible. Name in the Wasp Quantumania. Uh, people thought we wasted. You know, uh, Gore the God Butcher and Thor: Love and Th- Thunder could have done better there. People thought the Dark Elves were terrible. In and. In Thor, uh, the Dark World. What's the the Russian guy that uh, started and controlled the Red Room that was in Black Widow? He, yeah, and, Tas- that villain, and Taskmaster. Awful villain. Yeah. That, that was this awful. This is the worst. This is right next to that one. In my opinion, those two villains are the not worst. Not scary. Nope. No, no menacing. Not, no backstory at all. No depth no, to the character. No development of the character. No motivation. You know, all of a sudden she just wants to. Well, they tried to give you some motivation. Well, that, and that was the other thing that they did. They basically said, okay, Captain Marvel was pissed. And so she went and, and destroyed the Supreme Intelligence, which then uh, 
pretty much killed the Cree homeworld of Hala. Well, the civilization went into chaos. Civil war. Civil war, yeah. And they destroyed their sun, and, you know, they're in a drought and a famine and all this other stuff. And so the planet basically is dying because they got rid of their artificial intelligence being that controlled everything. And so you're really the reason why we, our planet's dying. And so they painted her as this, and there's truth to that. She did do all that, right? And. But they made it seem like Dar Ben was so mad about that that she was going to start taking it out on Captain Marvel. No, no, she's trying to save her own planet. So they tried to humanize her a little bit, but like you're doing evil things to save your own planet. You know, I d- didn't get it and didn't understand why all of a sudden she's got this one bangle on and she can fight three superheroes at the same time, but the one superhero has the other bangle can't. Like and you know, I, just so much of it just didn't work. The hammer was gratuitous. I mean, oh, terrible, awful. Like didn't really need it. Like I guess it was a prop or to but to make the Titan. And we've talked about medicine? this. Of all the supervillains in Marvel Comics history, I have a theory for that. I told you. You told me. You gave me a great theory. But I'm gonna just say, why would you pick this one to be the villain of the? When we've talked about this so often that villains make the movie. You have a compelling villain. The movie will be successful. We've seen this time and again, time and again. Even the concept of a villain, if done properly, like the Mandarin in Iron Man 3 was a concept of a villain. There was no Mandarin. As a matter of fact, it was Tidal Slattery, the Octa. But that concept of a villain was compelling. If done properly. This is the worst villain ever. So why would you pick this villain? Nobody knows anything about him. No history in the comics at all. No real like, oh my God, was it's Darben? Was a character in the comics. But, but it's Darben? Oh, we're using Darben? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. My theory, of course, that I told the professor is that uh, they used a character that was expendable. A character that people really wouldn't mind if it disappeared and it was just a one-off in this movie. Um, which I think is a mistake because you only have certain windows, times, and opportunity to fill those voids and to fill those characters and to fill those actors and, and, and projects with really compelling good villains. And, and it's true. And there are so many that they could have used instead of this one, but I think they used it because they knew it was expandable. Like, oh, well, she's going to die, so let's not waste one of these really good villains and we'll just put this mid-level villain in there but it, it didn't work so that was horrible yeah um so we know goose the cat the flurkin is in the movie and there's this subplot where all of a sudden goose is laying eggs around the space station and all these baby flurkins are born and the space station is crashing so they have to use the flurkins to actually eat all the people on the space station so they can put all the flurkins into one of the the escape shuttles and save everybody. Horrible idea. Horrible concept. <laughs> awful. The fact that they actually were playing music while they were running around with Florkins trying to get them to eat people. So bad. That was bad writing. So bad. Yeah. And then I don't even don't even get me start. We've heard rumors that the reason this movie is an hour and a half long is because they cut out a large portion of the movie that was on the the singing planet. I can't remember the name of the planet. So we find out that she's married to the prince of this planet. Oh, this is some surprise wedding. And it's Aladdin, Aladdin, Aladdin or something like that. Um, 
And they go there and they're introduced in song and then they do this big dance scene where they're both singing to each other and I'm like, okay, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> like, I really was almost about, I, I think I might have thrown up in my own mouth at that awful. point in time. It was so bad. And the fact that they even It was like a bad to do Bollywood kind of scene that didn't work oh. like Bollywood should work. And just, they tried to manufacture this chemistry between the three girls it just didn't work. You didn't feel like they were connected and they were like a team. You just didn't get it. Ah, uh, please. I, I'm i so disappointed, Marvel. The fact that somebody thought up this idea and thought it was a good idea to put these three characters together in a movie and whoever thought th that original concept up is not smart. But then, I mean, even the original Captain Marvel movie I liked so much better than this because yeah. at least oh. it's a backstory yeah. of how she got her powers. And we know she was originally from earth and she lost her memories. And we're not really sure what happened. And they, I thought they did a really good job of switching the original comic book origin of, of captain Marvel to, I liked the nineties music that they uh, injected into that during the nineties period. I thought it was great. Blockbuster eighties, nineties. Yeah, no, yeah. it was, yeah, it was like eighties, nineties, yeah. but yeah. It was more nineties music. Um, I thought that was great. I thought, um, you know, Wonder Woman 84 missed the opportunity with all that great yeah. 80s music great. to inject yeah. more of that. Good point. G awful. But th I think that's what made it for me for, um, for Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel did a billion dollars. Uh, it did was very, very well in, very in, in, in the box office. And I think they were trying to well, pull off of that with the flirting. My son asked me that stuff. question this week and he's like, well, why did that do so well? I said, because it was, came out between Infinity War and Endgame. Yes. It's like... Well, if you wonder, the show that's between Friends and Seinfeld is going to do really well yeah. on that NBC schedule, yeah. right? You know, so it, you know, it doesn't matter. That's a great what, point. What that show is that you put in to be sandwiched in between two of the most successful sitcoms ever. So it came out at the end of in the right after Endgame. She was in the end credit scene of Infinity War, and. Then her movie came out, and we knew she was going to be in Endgame, so we wanted to see yeah. who this character absolutely is. correct. You're absolutely right. It had the best and, lead and in ever. They pushed that movie as you need to see this because it ties into the the big the next Marvel Endgame. So she was in the yeah. post credit scene of Infinity War. Yeah, I mean, so like, oh, okay. I mean, it had the, again best lead in ever. So, but I enjoyed that movie. Yeah. I would watch that movie again. As a matter of fact, I've seen it multiple times. I actually don't mind that. Yeah, I've seen it. Too. I thought the making... So the Kree-Skrull conflict in the comic books has been something that's been going on in Marvel Comics for years. As a matter of fact, we had a comic book run that was about the Skrull invasion of, of our own planet called Secret Invasion. Oh, yeah, they messed that one up too. But... At least the finale. They flipped they it did. to us because the scrolls were always seen as more evil than the Kree. Now the Kree were evil, and they they've got their own agenda. But the scrolls were always being portrayed, at least in the comic books, as worse than the Kree. And they flipped it on us. They made it seem like the Kree were the ones that were actually you know right. killing off scrolls, which I thought was really brilliant. So again, I love the first movie. This movie, Titanium, so bad. Yeah. I literally. I I would I I'm gonna look through my bottom six movies of my list of rankings and I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to say what movie would I not want to watch again before I would watch this? I, I don't think there is one. There, wow. there isn't one. That's a like, strong statement. You know, Ant-Man and the Wasp, the original Ant-Man, uh, Quantumania. I mean, that's got to be in the bottom 10 of my list. Now I wouldn't, I would watch as much as I don't want to. I would watch that movie again before I would watch this movie. 
let's get into two final things. Uh, one I want to ask you about. Oh, the is, post-credit scene we got to talk about too. Well, the mid-credit scene and well, then the, the post-credit scene. End of the movie and then the mid-credit scene. Because yes. one scene was actually the end of the movie. Yeah. They didn't do a mid-credit scene and a post-credit scene. They did a kind of a... a End of the movie scene, and then they did jumped a- out of nowhere. Very sloppy. Uh, the end of the movie, the the way it ended was extremely sloppy. And they tried to again. I think it's a desperate move because so many people want a young Avengers movie. I think they teased a young Avengers. Well, they did. That, I mean, that's, that's of course gratuitous tease. Yes, they basically. And again, if Ms. Marvel is the future of of Marvel Studios. I don't uh, see we how are all be. in trouble. Yeah, and, and I'm again. She better whoever is directing that that character moving forward. If I hear that <laughs> s- scream cackle one more time, I'm 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 just gonna walk out. <laughs> I mean, it's so bad. Um, but the cr- end of the movie, you know, she was so surprised when she found out they had a dossier on her. You know, they knew who she was and she had powers and all this other stuff. And she then hacks into the the. Saber. She finds one of the laptops, and and she finds couches. all of the the files on all the you know younger superheroes out there. Yeah. And so the scene that Titanium is referring to. Oh, I, we have to. The reason she does this is because Captain Rambo is trapped in another universe at the end of the movie. She repairs the hole. So Darben had un- ripped a hole. In space, time continuum, which opened a hole between our universe and another universe. And another reality, yeah. Another reality. And Captain Rambo has to close the hole, but she has to do it from that side of the hole for some reason. Yeah. It only works from the other side. So she's lost on the other universe. Yeah. And so Ms. Marvel is, you know, and you know, Captain Marvel has a, a job to mission to do, go save Holland, restart the sun, all this other stuff. So she's like, Well, I I kind of like being on a team. Maybe I'll put my own team together. And so she finds these files on superpowers. Yeah, that's her whole thing. She wants to put people. a team together. Yeah. And so we are in New York City. Uh, we see Kate Bishop walk through her apartment door, throws pizza at, at the pizza dog, you know, yeah. and says, hey, dinner's on. Throws a piece of pizza on the floor for the dog. And Ms. Marvel's sitting in a chair in the dark and the lights come on. She's like... Um, Hey, uh, I, I, I've got a list of all these young superheroes uh, out there. And she's like, I'm 23. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're still young. Uh, I think we should put a team together. I'm putting a team together, and I'd like you to be on it. Did you know Ant-Man had a daughter? Did you know oh. Ant-Man has a daughter? Um, he said, would you please be on my team? Please be. And then, then it ends. And so obvious, gratuitous tease to a young Avengers team. And now we know, for a fact, the first three members of this young Avengers team are female. Oh. At least that's what's been alluded to here. Oh. And uh, one of the worst parts of Ant-Man Quantum, Quantum uh, Cassie Lang. was Cassie Lang. Awful. Just not compelling, not believable. Just Actress, dialed in that performance. Uh, it was dreadful. Um, Haley Steinfeld, love her. I think she's she'd be fantastic. great. And she'd be great on the team. Iman is great. I think she's a, I think she's a superstar. Uh, you're right. She does get annoying a little bit. But I think she's, I think I just, she's no. so adorable, no. though. I think it works. But you, I don't think that is a good team 
to sell and put asses in seats. I just don't. Okay, but it was that's what it was. It was setting up Young Avengers. There's going to be this Young Which Avengers I've, team. I've been talking about for a very long time. I really want Young Avengers. And I bet you if you and I were to put together a Young Avengers team, we'd do a better job than Marvel Studios. I, I think my dog Carlos, yeah. uh, who is half Beagle, could put a better Young Avengers team than they. Because Catherine Newton, as Cassie Lang, would not be on that team. Cassie Lang might be on the team, but not Catherine Newton as Cassie Lang. Agree. Uh, so I wouldn't mind putting Stature, who was on the Young Avengers, on the team. Kate Bishop was on the Young Avengers team. That makes sense. Uh, Ms. Marvel was never on the Young Avengers. No. Uh, I don't know what makes us think that, you know. And, and, uh, and the other, we'll say, mid credit scene, um, Captain Rambo, Monica Rambo, wakes up in a hospital bed. And she wakes up and she looks over and she sees her mom. Yeah. Um, and she's like, oh, my God, mom, mom. And, and I mean, she's looking at her. She's like, mom, what, what's going on? And then we see Beast walk in. We see on the screen the hospital uh, next to the hospital bed. We see the X-Men symbol and we see Beast, the character, walk and in. He makes play, reference voiced to... Voiced by Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. So the Kelsey Grammer version of Beast from the original um, X-Men run. Um, and he's, you know, saying, oh, I think I think she's here from another universe. I, yeah. You know, she's got this temporal aura. I think she's here from another universe. And, and the professor wants an update. Yeah. You know? And we see um, Maria Rambo, uh, the older one, um, the mother who's not her mother in this universe, obviously um, she's in her binary costume. So Captain Marvel was turned into the character binary in the comic books in an X-Men comic book. As a matter yeah. of fact, many, many years ago um, when they wanted to use uh, the, the Phoenix, but they couldn't for some reason um, it was, I think it was a Chris, Chris Claremont story, um, but binary, the binary costume she was wearing. And I thought that was really cool. But now, obviously... And she's got two bangles. Yes, she's wearing both bangles right. on her wrists. Right. Uh, and uh, that's where I thought you said, I know she was wearing two bangles. And then she, you know, Beast leaves and go to, up to give the professor an update. And she says to her, she says, okay, who are you? You know, because, right. you know, why were you calling me mom and all this other right. stuff? So, obviously... This is a parallel or alternate universe. These where the X Men exist, or at least some form of X. Will we see these people or these characters in Deadpool three or some right. other future movie? Who knows? But that was the big X Men teaser drop. And you know, Kevin Feige's said, you know, we're going to see more X Men and X Men, you know, kind of characters going forward. But this was the first on screen X Men in a Marvel movie. Disappointing. It's disappointing for me. I'm glad they're they're here. I'm glad they make reference to them. Uh, but the way they brought them in sideways like that, which we knew was going to happen in this movie, was desperate, disappointing. Yeah. Uh, really, I hope I hope Deadpool does a better job. I really do. Look, I we've gone way too long, Titanium. Look, we've given this movie way more time than it deserved. Um, look, bottom line, people. If you want to know anything about this movie and you haven't seen it, send us a put a, a, a question in the comments. Send us an email. We'll be happy to answer it. Do not spend your money and go see this movie. It is not worth it. And as a matter of fact, I think you need to send this message to Marvel that if you keep dropping these crappy products with these crappy characters and crappy shitty stories, stories, shitty writing, you know, you're just you're you're going to pay the price for it. And uh, I I want I I'm kind of. 
interested to see um, the reaction to this. Now we know what the public reaction has been so far. All the reviews you mentioned, you you've watched and listened to a bunch of reviews, and n- none of them very favorable. The ones that were of any favor were basically, like you said, people who are fanboys and or you know, Fangirls. paid actors or whoever it is. Right. Yeah, um, shills that need to be nice and play nice. But yeah. Hey, listen, Marvel, um, go ahead and Venmo me the money for the IMAX uh, movie. Go ahead and Venmo that uh, back to us. We want our money back. Um, uh, uh, disappointing. So, Hey, professor, I think we've, uh, We've uh, beat this dead horse. Uh, (laughs) Let's ring the bell and end this school. All right. Well, that's it for us this week. We'll be back next week for more Super Talk. To get in touch with us on social media, hit us up via email, supertalkpodcast.outlook.com or at supertalkpod on Twitter. Until then, stay super, everyone. (laughs) 